Uh, Some say Woody calls uh, Tommy uh, Davidson the greatest role. <laughs> Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode 28. Enchanted. Oh, I was looking at Kung Fu Panda. I couldn't oh. say it. <laughs> You're confused. <laughs> Your note-taking system worked against you. Uh, once again, <laughs> written words it's tough. destroyed me. It's tough. Boiled by your own notes. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> So this week we watched Enchanted. Yes, the uh, crossover Disney animation live action homage parody <laughs> satire homage parody sort of not really uh, just excellent movie. That's probably why this is part of why this is underappreciated. Is it's hard to classify. Well, and it's easy to miss a lot of the uh, elements in this. I, I really think this is a really smart movie, and comedies get dismissed a lot in that way. Um, especially like this is such an absurd little premise, but it's just played so well. Uh, it's really easy to just kind of. I mean. It's like funny you mentioned Kung Fu Panda because that's what we're doing next. But when I saw Kung Fu Panda, I thought how interesting it is an exploration of Zen. <laughs> And, yeah. and how the previews make it like, oh, okay, it's just a funny bunch of funny stuff. And, uh, and I remember I was listening to like somebody talking about movies and they were like, well, how do you feel about like, you know, classics like Little Mermaid being compared to like Kung Fu Panda? And they were kind of being dismissive of Kung Fu Panda because in their head they were thinking of the, oh, it's a funny gags. I was like, yeah, but Kung Fu Panda is a really interesting exploration of, of a lot of Eastern philosophy um, with funny gags. <laughs> sure. And uh, and I feel like this is the same way. This is an interesting exploration of, of the genre, but also of like relationships and, and, and uh, how they compare in real life versus versus the fantasy elements, but also how, and it's really easy to just kind of think, oh, it's that funny movie where like a princess goes to the real world. It's like, yeah, but there's so much more to it than that. And I, I think uh, I'm more and more I've become enamored of that. I was just talking to my wife uh, the other day about that, about so many times when somebody writes a story, they're like, if somebody tells me about their story, they'll be like, well, it's this prince and he's going to go fight a monster. I'm like, yeah, but that's not really what the story's about. The story's about some kind of emotional journey or some kind of character journey and uh and when you do that it works really well and you can elevate almost anything and so this is a great concept but it's it's elevated because it's got such a great sure i mean the the fantasy elements are like the the dressing yes the the window dressing and they they serve the story so well yeah yeah um and yeah i I do think it's a really excellent exploration of relationships expectations versus reality Um, both all that kind of stuff and i mean the the fantasy disney story is a really great setting for that yes <laughs> um because they really establish in the beginning of the movie just to remind you what yeah. a disney movie's like yeah. <laughs> that uh, i mean it opens right with there's that. no <laughs> there's no bad things or there's no unexpected bad things i guess right in this world it's, it's, and, it's very sincere right yeah. <laughs> everyone's very straightforward about yes. what they're doing even I the mean, evil witch people literally <laughs> sing their feelings <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a really excellent exploration of how expectations meet, um, like just, uh, <laughs> reality. I don't know well, how to say it. <laughs> well, I'm just I saying the same thing over and over, but. <laughs> I, well, I love the idea too that it's the, it's also about expectations on the other end where the, the male, you know, uh, Patrick Dempsey, uh, is, he's in the real world. He represents the real world and he's kind of a little bit bitter and he's a little bit sad. And he creates this world because of that. And I love that that's kind of a commentary on that. It's not just that. It's really easy to do something like True Love Conquers All, which is bullshit. <laughs> or something like, you know, uh, it's, fairy tales are stupid. Which, yeah, fairy tales are stupid, but that doesn't mean that they don't have some, some appeal and some logic behind them. And, and this is sort of, this balance between the two where they meet is so well done to me that it's just, I really love this movie because of that. Yeah, they allow it to go both directions. So, yeah. I mean, the, the person who's, who's cynical... <laughs> 
because he's had too much reality can find that that little bit of mystery or hope mm-hmm. that you know people need sometimes yep. it's a really sweet story what was your favorite thing about the movie Lee? my favorite thing was the balance of the the elements because it's so easy to be like do a parody or satire and this really isn't that because yeah it satirizes elements and it parodies elements of uh those but it it doesn't completely because it'll follow them up by being sincere <laughs> there's so many movies points in this movie where like some of my favorite movies points in this movie are where it's like it's a weird take on like a classic of the animated idea uh, like when she's cleaning the apartment that's just a great sequence to me it's one of my favorite like have a happy helping song <laughs> and like the animals are like and it's like they're all vermin and gross animals but it's just so like play like the joke there isn't that it's they're gonna play it like disgusting they're playing it really sincerely like these are what <laughs> Like the animals and, and even the little touches on that. So it's just it, the whole thing is like that. But there's so many moments in this movie where it, it it's sincere without being cloying. And it's it still appreciates the genre and what it does. Right. I think you said earlier that it was more of a homage than a parody. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's accurate. Yes. The people who wrote this really seem to enjoy Disney movies and those kinds of stories. Yeah. They weren't for, trying to take for them what down they a notch. Are. That'll right. teach them. Right. So, I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan's version of this <laughs> might have been some grim, dark bullshit. <laughs> Where the prince has to like just start killing people. Christopher Nolan's version. Picture Quentin Tarantino's enchanted. Instead of the bride, the princess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, uh, and uh, what's your uh, worst thing? Oh, no, you your best thing. You your best thing. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Can't believe you. I love the uh, the development of every character in this movie um, because they all develop a little differently, um, and there's a nice contrast there. So, I mean, the princess changes and evolves as a person, and the prince doesn't really. <laughs> No. Um, and then the, the henchman kind of yeah, comes into his own. Got it, which got is because he's such a disposable because the henchman is such a disposable commodity in these movies a lot. Yeah. And I like that he he's not. They did a very good job with him. Yeah. Um so I mean I like that they all had different arcs here. Yeah. Because it it would have been very easy to if somebody less interested <laughs> had made this movie, it would have been very easy to have everybody kind of evolve the same way. That's true. That's and that's what I think is interesting is that you know I didn't think about that before, but when you pointed it out, it is interesting how like they're all evolving on a different level or if they're not changing, that's not bad either because it still represents their interesting characters. Right. Like uh Pip doesn't really change. Pip's a cool cool chipmunk. <laughs> Pretty badass chipmunk. He's still a badass chipmunk. The prince doesn't think a lot, but I mean that's just who he is. Right. right? And and there's no like there's no trick where he's like he's Things really are, a jerk. He's right. not a jerk. He's a nice guy. Things are just easy for him. Yeah. And he doesn't have to explore himself there doesn't have to be much there he's he's a he's a he's a great guy he's literally a great guy that's all he is he's like hey what's up hey oh man so you know i agree with that i think that's a i think that's really interesting you talk about the uh Again, that's the uh, emotional arc that's in here. I mean, I don't think the story always has to be about a character changing, but it has to be about something a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I, I used to think it was, I'll be honest, I used to think it was bullshit when people talk about, like, what's your, what's your theme and what's your, you know, as a writer, it's a weird <laughs> thing to say. But then I realized it's like, the only reason I think it's, it's, it's bullshit is when it's forced. Like, if you're writing a story naturally, you'll kind of impose those things in there. And I think this has some great themes and some great ideas and some great, you're right, some great character work. All these actors take this material, which is good. Not it, the writing's solid on this, but they each elevate it. You know, oh, yeah, the actors are 
fantastic. Right. It reminds me of like Mystery Man. What I love about Mystery Man is I think it's gr- really well written, but every actor really elevates that. So you take a great script and then you put great actors behind and then great direct, you know, like the director on this, the director has perfect control over this movie. He knows exactly when to play it. Like it's a, it's straight. He knows how to play it when it's not like the music <laughs> behind this. Every bit of music in this movie is perfect. Like they know exact, like they'll switch between the two or they'll do it subtly. And it's just, so this is like, like expertly crafted in my opinion. Oh yeah. This is, this is kind of a masterpiece. Yeah. The, the pacing's excellent. Yeah. The shots are all uh, like you're saying. I mean, some of the stuff it's, it's done so well. It just sneaks from one perspective into the yeah. other without you kind of realizing it until well, it's already happened. Well, like I was watching like this time in like the part where uh, the prince is singing to Giselle after he finds her, like the, <laughs> he's singing and he's doing it all, but the music's not picking up. Right. The music's not falling behind him. And it's kind of like, that's your cue that it's like, Oh, things have changed between the relationship, but he, but of course he doesn't really notice that. But it's like the movie's cueing us in without being obvious about it. It's just not picking up. So there's little things like that, and it has tons of little like the music cues in this are just beautiful. Well done, whoever you are. Yes, yes, Ellen Menken. Uh, the director is Kevin Lima. Kevin Lima. The producer of this was uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. Uh, here's a uh, Ailey Martinez fun fact. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld was attached with uh, to uh, the Gills movie that was being developed by DreamWorks, you know, years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, it uh, it didn't obviously didn't go through, but uh, that's cool. That's cool. But it was, it, it, but that was pretty cool. So I, I've got a very <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon connection to <laughs> one day. One day I'll be like, well, I haven't worked with him, but I, I he he did something based on something I wrote. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> a nice guy. We'll direct uh, live action Gills when they get around to it. Gills the musical slash movie slash. <laughs> Genre bending, uh, whatever, man. I don't <laughs> Breakout know. Breakout hit <laughs> sounds crazy till it happens. Uh, um, so my least favorite thing, oh boy, is that the preview did not represent the movie at all. <laughs> so I didn't see it when it came out. <laughs> I think the preview did, but it's been so long. I don't know, so I can't really argue. I didn't watch the preview. <laughs> I think I think the least the, the your least favorite thing is your own prejudice, Scott. Look into your own heart. <laughs> Maybe we're all growing today. <laughs> it's getting a little too real, man. <laughs> now I'm going to have to watch other Disney movies. <laughs> never saw the snow one. <laughs> you never saw Frozen? No. I like Frozen a lot. Frozen's a great movie. Did you see Moana? Yes. Yeah, Moana's Recently. a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Came up on streaming. Yeah. Moana was good. Yeah, and since Adina Munzel's in, in this and in Frozen, so there you go. I'm clearly missing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they canceled their Jack and the Beanstalk movie, which I was kind of disappointed in, because they were going to do a, a Jack and the Beanstalk movie where, like, Jack is this boy, but, like, like he makes friends with, like, the giant's daughter, something like that. It's, it looked really interesting the way they talked, but they, they, they canceled it. I'm too far away from me. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> That's you fine. You can get a little closer. It's okay. Too close. <laughs> <laughs> About me. Not secret, it's pretty public. I only get really moved by animated movies. Like live action movies, yeah, okay, that's great. But this one kind of moves me. But but like uh in uh like in, in uh, Tangled where they're like on the boat and they're singing about like the last they see the light and all that. Every time I see that scene I'm just like <laughs> I don't cry because I'm tough. But I think about it. Again, with the gender normative... Yeah, you know, I just can't help it. It's not because I'm a man. It's because I'm a badass. That's why. 
And then like that's you exactly know. what I thought when you rode up on your Harley, <laughs> with your uh, tap out shirt, <laughs> by Lorenzo Lama's hair blowing in the breeze. <laughs> and just put your fist through the window and knock the door. Let's watch some movies. <laughs> All right, you fucking pussies. <laughs> Let's watch Janet. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, of course, Iron Giant, like the part where he's like, oh, Superman. Sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, every time. Even when I know I've seen that movie, I'm like, I know he's not dead. I'm still like, oh, he's going <laughs> Kung Fu Panda does. There's a moment in Kung Fu Panda where, where he's just like, there is no secret ingredient. And every time I'm just like, oh, man, that's so awesome. <laughs> I think Up makes everybody cry. Pixar's finest. Oh, Incredible! There's a part in the part in Incredibles where uh, the mom's talking to uh, Violet Mm -hmm. outside of the cave. Like every time that gets to me, every time, because it's just such a a great moment. And so, I'll tell you something (laughs) in real life. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. So I don't know what it is. Some I'm jaded about reality. It's, <laughs> yeah, only a, it's only a hyper reality of a cartoon that can appeal to me. Maybe this movie can serve as a bridge for you. It does, because there's a point <laughs> in this movie where I'm pretty much... And I'm like, that's because they're cartoons I know. At least she's a cartoon I know, really. <laughs> Get back to your cartoon roots. That's right. What was this... your... Uh... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go. Please. <laughs> I'm just you. saying, if you want me to pay, care about you, you have to draw a cartoon of yourself first. <laughs> an odd requirement. <laughs> Luckily, my wife's an artist, so okay. it's okay. Sure. <laughs> if you're nice, maybe she'll draw you. That's right. Uh, what's my least favorite thing? My least favorite thing is Edina Menzel, and not her, actually, because she's good in this part. And, and they end up making her work, so I think it works really well, her character, after all. But it's still just, if I was going to have to pick something, I was like, well, she could be dropped out of this fairly easily. But they ultimately make it work really well. And so it's it's kind of a technical least favorite thing. She's the flattest character. Right. But I think it fits because yeah. he talks about his relationship at the beginning as being, you know, this convenience. Yeah. <laughs> like we understand each other. So we're, yeah. we're going to enter this, this arrangement. I agree. I agree. It works. Because they make it work. I'm only picking it just because I have to pick a least favorite thing. Unlike you who copped out. Uh. <laughs> totally did. <laughs> but otherwise, you're right. So she's my least favorite thing in the sense that she shouldn't work, but she does. So I can't yeah. really be too critical on this case. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's... Are we spinning the wheel of metaphors? I think we are. <laughs> I wish I'd pulled it up earlier. I'm doing terrible with the maintenance of the wheel of metaphors. Amateur hour. Yeah. You got ask our fan to put one together. Ooh, our fan. <laughs> If he's not doing anything, <laughs> he or she. Anything. That's true. It's happening. <laughs> what is it? It's Cookie Puss. It's what? Cookie Puss. This feels appropriate. <laughs> I guess. I'm not sure what to make of Cookie Puss. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of, was it uh, The Critic? Where uh, Jay's son is going to karate class or whatever. And so that the joke is like, he's like, Billy, you fight Jack. Jay, I've heard his name, son. You fight Ha Ark Nark the Destroyer or whatever. <laughs> and there's this big like Mortal Kombat-esque warrior. who's like, I want your soul. <laughs> and then later on they cut to it. And because they're walking through the mall... And they're getting cookies, and so much the destroyer is getting a cookie, and he's just like, Cookie Puss, I will eat your soul. What <laughs> <laughs> you think of that? 
Here's, here's the thing about cookie puss. This is like cookie puss because it should be ridiculous, but it's delicious. It's a treat for the whole family. Like that. Yes. It shouldn't work, but it does. I feel like cookie puss is an idealized version of what a dessert should be. <laughs> but the reality is uh, chronic diabetes. Oh, there you go. That's the other part. <laughs> Both of those apply. Let's look at his cartoon eyes. I know. His big cartoon eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. metaphors make I themselves. <laughs> I love I love the idea of somebody making a face and we're like, well we can't call it cookie face. That sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> cookie face sounds like a really terrible like Dick Tracy villain. Marketing is a weird job. Yeah, it is a weird job. Somebody walks up there and goes like, Hey, we made a face out of cookies. Sell this. <laughs> Cookie face? Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> Who would want to eat cookie face? Cookie nose. <laughs> you know, I do want to say one thing no. about cookies in general. <laughs> okay. I don't like it when they get too big. They're not good after they get so big. Uh, don't get fancy with your cookies. Just make a nice little cookie that I can carry. Or like those big birthday cookies. They're not that good. No, they're just, usually kind of stale. Right, because you're like, this should be good. It's just a giant cookie, but it's like, I need the small cookie. You like uh, crunchy cookies or soft cookies? I can work with either. Definitely prefer soft cookies, but they take more time. Yeah. So they're not... I don't know. It depends on the cookie, man. Some cookies are meant to be crunchy. Mmm, a couple. <laughs> I'll give you the Sandies. <laughs> that's as far as I'm going to move on this. <laughs> All right, so that's all I have to say about cookies. I hope that's not a controversial opinion. They have to make them fancy. They like would. drizzle chocolate over the cookie. Yeah. Put some uh, <laughs> creme de la creme well, mints also, on top of it. <laughs> also, and maybe this is just my limited experience with fancy food. <laughs> I have some limited experience with fancy like, food. Like cookie puss? Yes, like cookie puss. No, cookie puss is more, it's a nouveau riche. <laughs> Like, there's a joke about it's a small portion with, like, a few things on it. I always feel like that's what a fancy, like, chocolate chip cookie would be. It would be just, like, a small cookie with a single chip in the center. <laughs> and the chef would tell you, like, how expensive. Oh, but this chip comes from the deepest, darkest Africa. From the jo- chocolate chip mines. There's a chocolate chip mine? Where do you think chocolate chips come from? <laughs> they put the cookie in the middle and sprinkle the chocolate chips around it. Around it. <laughs> don't touch that. That's gauche. <laughs> Just nibble on the cookie. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. That's my limited experience with fancy food. <laughs> I'm glad we took this detour. Yes. <laughs> I freely admit my experience is very limited, though. So. I've been watching a lot of videos about um, like $1,000 pizza and yeah. really expensive stuff. And a lot of times it just has caviar and gold foil on it. <laughs> the gold <laughs> one is the one that confuses me. <laughs> I feel like me. I've talked about this with other people. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or not, but I'm just like, it tastes like gold. It's weird to be like, I'm going to put some expensive on this that doesn't taste like anything. It's basically not, eating money. <laughs> yeah. It's eating money for right. people. Yeah, that's they why, don't know what else to that's do. That's why my favorite, my favorite type of pizza has plutonium on it. Oh. Because that's a really hard to get. That's well a, worth that's it. That's like a 0.1%. That's right. right. <laughs> when you manage the big time. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a weird thing because it's just like, at least the caviar, I'm like, well, okay, it's an expensive part to find food. It's still a food. Sure. Right. <laughs> it's still got a flavor. <laughs> it's weird it's like, we put gold leaf on it. That's a weird thing to put on it. Other than yeah. you're right, it's just like, 
My my car runs on gold plated gasoline. Why? There's no reason. It makes it a little worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't buy it, pleb. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird thing. It's, it's like a cartoon. Conspicuous. It feels like a cartoon thing. Like a cartoon person would eat that. The Monopoly man would get <laughs> gold plated pizza. <laughs> Money bag. Yeah. Yeah. Why? He would get that. Richie Rich would eat that. Not, not humans. <laughs> now to be fair, I haven't eaten much gold, so maybe maybe the gold I'm getting is low quality. You're not getting organic, are you? <laughs> I'm getting it at low low cost store bought. <laughs> you know the gold you pick up at Safeway, it's just not of the same quality. You got pesticides on it. <laughs> well, I always wash my gold. You gotta keep the gold bugs away. <laughs> You know, Richie Rich uh, didn't make as many comments on like class and society as they might have. <laughs> well, there's a point where uh, Richie Rich would be like, "Hey, Richie Rich, how about you don't go? How about you don't build that that baseball diamond with wheel out of a giant diamond? Why don't you feed the poor? <laughs> you smug son of a bitch, flying around in your damn helicopter." <laughs> you know, uh, the uh, Harvey Comics universe, of course, had Richie Rich, Casper. And my favorite was Hot Stuff, who was the uh, little demon. He was a little devil. Uh, and he was kind of a jerk. That was the joke about Hot Stuff. But I want to do a crossover where, like, you find out that Richie Rich sold his soul to Hot Stuff. And that's why he got all that money. And then later on, he dies, as The Simpsons said, of realizing money will never make him happy and becomes Casper. And then he's friendly to try to redeem himself. It's expanded universe. I like I'm it. just saying, I'm the only guy. I, there's not many people who get excited about Hot Stuff, but I really like Hot Stuff. <laughs> Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, it was like maybe like 15 years ago they did a revamp. Like, like they tried to, they did like a the Harvey Universe, but like not super serious, but like a serious adventure. And they changed it, and Hot Stuff was in, it and I was like, oh, I gotta get this. So like, so like Casper and Wendy and Hot Stuff had to go, uh, and they did a revamp of Richie Rich a couple of years ago that was like more adventure oriented. But uh, really, Hot Stuff. I loved Hot Stuff because it's like Harvey Comics, like harmless. <laughs> And yet, one of their characters is a devil whose whole goal is to make people miserable. He wasn't a nice devil. He was, you know, he's a kid devil. He's not like gonna sure. hit you or anything like that. He's like, but it'd be like, oh, I'm gonna screw with everybody. And I just loved like this little devil walking around in a diaper. More, more uh, dumping mud on you than shattering your kneecaps. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, that's the extreme version. That's the that's when they get to Harvey Harvey Extreme. Richard Rodriguez. <laughs> Richie Rich is sort of this rich douchebag and Grim Dark Heart hot stuff. Casper is, is sad, covering it up with a happy face. <laughs> Casper's clinically depressed. You okay, Casper? I just wish I was dead. <laughs> well you are. I know. I wish I could die again. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the movie. That's kinda of horrifying. It is. Being um Risk cutters, a love story. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, where the people in it commit suicide. Yeah. And they go to a place that's slightly worse than where they right. were, so nobody's willing to do it again. Because <laughs> they don't know where they're going to end up. Yeah. Uh, there's a also, good show. There's also a movie called uh, Highway to Hell about a guy who accidentally, his girlfriend accidentally gets dragged into hell, and he goes in to rescue her. And at one point, like, somebody gets, like, shot by a hell cop who's, like, the cop of hell. And he disappears. <laughs> and they run into the devil. Later on, the devil's just like, yeah, there's there's lots of levels of hell. This is not the worst. And it's kind of like, and their version is like really crappy. It's like it's more like it's sort of like 
there's a part where like there's a machine paving the road and people are just getting thrown into it before they get thrown into it it's like i didn't think my sister would mind if i took the money and then they throw them in or i thought i was helping people it's the good intentions paving company (laughs) that's clever ben stiller has a very small part in it at the beginning he's like the fry cook they're walking to this restaurant in hell and he's just on the fry outside dumping eggs on the sidewalk and cooking them on the sidewalk because it's so hot (laughs) and I, i think jerry stiller was in it too so so anyway back to the movie yes Okay, so a spoiler break. I guess we'll talk about the movie specifically. Oh, yeah, we didn't do the spoiler thing yet. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Save the Movies. If you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Save the Movies. Our website is SaveTheMovies.com. Just type Save the Movies into whatever text box show you have in front of you. Yes. <laughs> if you really need to be specific, type Scott and Lee Save the Movies. You'll probably find us. <laughs> yeah, we show up on Google eventually. <laughs> Sometimes then I, uh, especially if we posted an episode and I Google myself because I do that. <laughs> I got to keep up with the news somehow. Sure. Uh, we'll show up if we post it. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Ailey Martinez. Uh, you can find my website, AileyMartinez.com. And uh, my Facebook uh, fan page is Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. There you go. You can get uh, home staging at CapriKeyDesigns.com. That's our unofficial, the, unofficial sponsor. Yeah, in the <laughs> Dallas area. Maybe one day they'll actually pay for it. That'd be great. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so, yeah. We'll All right. Take a spoiler break. Uh, go check out Enchanted. I de- highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Excellent movie. I yes. put it up there with Cloudy. It's I really, really enjoyed it. It's a really fun movie. Really cool. Enjoyed it more than I thought it would. <laughs> Which I, if I go back through the episodes, I'm sure I say a lot. Well, yeah. Well, if you thought, if you know how much you would enjoy it, you would have seen it. I mean, it, it makes right. sense. It'd be weird to be like, yeah, I thought I'd like that a lot. Then why'd you never watch it? I just didn't feel like it. Well, it's because I don't believe you about anything. That's right. <laughs> this is your suggestion. So I'm like, hmm, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> That skepticism is good. <laughs> it's going to pay off one day. Uh-huh. All right. Spoilers. Spoilers? Spoilers. All right. Are we back? We're, We're back. back. So they open up with the, the Disney castle. Hey, they do your thing. <laughs> L- logo fun. I think it's just every movie now. <laughs> you know, it didn't do it as much as they used to. I mean, they do it They do it more than they used to. They don't do it as much. But maybe, uh-huh. but this one does it where it's like the castle and then they. I like the transition. They, yeah, it's really cool. Because they, they do the Disney castle and zoom into it, and it's the same castle. Yeah. <laughs> and it just starts the movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's the storybook. Yeah. And they do the storybook. And I love the CGI. Of, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really smart choices in this movie. There's a lot of cues about when you're transitioning. But... Yeah. I was watching a, a, a listening interview with the kids in the hall, and one of the things they said is like a sketch is like a really concentrated movie. Like people yeah. think of movies as long sketches, but really sketches are concentrated movies <laughs> and this is what this was is because it introduces the character i mean we get to see the character we get to see the princess and like i mean she's not a princess yet but we see giselle and she's in that nice house and she's singing and all the animals are there and it's establishing the whole <laughs> disney thing it's got acts <laughs> it's got like a first and a second act yeah it does because <laughs> she's singing and then like love song. I love that like in the cartoon world where she's like the lips are the most important because and then the, even the song <laughs> like, lips are the only thing that touch I love that idea <laughs> and all the animals I love yeah. all the animals like sincere like this movie could have done something where they tried to make the animals like goofy or whatever but they're like like even the way the animals are just acting they're just like yeah and but it's so it's so sweet yeah, and the chipmunk has the accent. Yeah, for no reason. Really. Right, the chipmunk is the sassy one. <laughs> yeah. He's the sassy one, but he's because he's he's the he's the gutsy animal. 
<laughs> right. Which is his character. It's he's, such an important the main, aspect of his. Main animal companion. Yeah. Yeah. He's I love guy. that she has the, the animals doing work and then <laughs> she's like, Oh, we're gonna need more <laughs> leans out the window <laughs> and makes the special animal call. And everything in this beginning prologue like comes up later. Which I love. It's like and we talked about foreshadowing, but this is the foreshadowing because it's so natural. It serves the purpose of establishing a character, but also like like when she leans out the window and sings, ah, and all the animals show up. That shows up later, and I love that in that scene. I actually wonder if this first bit is foreshadows like all the scenes in the movie. It foreshadows a lot. Like even I'd the have to watch it again, but... fight with the ogre. Yeah, when the ogre shows up, is all that stuff happens. Like the ogre's on the branch, and 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 Pip jumps on the branch, and that's an extra weight. Yep. And then there's even the part where. The, the ogre's reaching for uh, uh, Giselle, and our hero throws the sword that in the branch, and it catches the ogre's chain so that he can't reach for her. It catches his arm. <laughs> and that's what happens at the end of the movie. So there's all these things that happen in that. Yeah, there's a lot going on yeah. in the first bit. Yep. And it doesn't draw attention to itself. In fact, this, I've seen this movie like four times. This is the first time I noticed all the elements. Because <laughs> it's just such a fun scene. You're like watching it. And it is a like, condensed story. Yeah. It's, it's its own little movie. Oh, and even like where she falls... Like, he falls and he catches her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the thing. And then it does have that perfect part where it's just like, what's your name, Giselle? He's like, we will be married tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. And then you literally rise in the sunset with all these animals, like, watching them. Like, sometimes, that's the whole movie. Like, like she if she didn't get pushed into that well, that would be their movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite music videos is uh, Muse, Knights of Sidonia. Yeah. And it's just a six-minute long movie. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. The, is that the one with, like, the sci-fi western kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Where the guy's doing kung fu at the beginning. <laughs> and it's a complete movie yeah. where <laughs> you've got all the elements that you need. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, I think that's... First I, bit's just like really, it. Well, you know, I, as a, one of the things when I, uh, when I first started writing, I had trouble with short fiction. And my novels always had trouble at the beginning because they weren't quite long enough to be novels, but I had trouble doing short fiction. Uh, now I'm, I'm, my novels are still kind of short. Uh, I'm, I tend to write shorter than like a lot of, I mean, obviously, you know. But, uh, but I've gotten really good at, I really enjoy short fiction. And one of the reasons I really enjoy it is it's, it's, it's a really challenging thing to kind of compress. You know, you have to do so much so quickly. Uh, even if it's only, even if it's a long short story, like, you know, 10 or 12 pages is still so much and and that's what this scene does is it's it's a whole scene you get all their characters you get all their uh their motivations you get everything it's really it's really cool yeah and you can have a lot of punch to it because mm -hmm. it's transitioning so fast mm -hmm. um but it doesn't seem rushed if... which is nice right i mean it does seem <laughs> rushed that they're gonna get married but that's the joke <laughs> they're like disney characters they're just like i met you I right you. and the first bit is basically all the elements of a Disney movie yeah. just crammed <laughs> into right. the smaller time frame. And, and not, not again, this is where this movie, I give this movie credit. It's not, it's not parody. It's, it's completely straight, straight. It's a straight movie with like, you know, like, yes, it's kind of there's, absurd. There's some parody, I think, but it's not like cynical parody. No, no. And it's like, all. it's very, it's very straight where it's like, uh, it's like this is this is meant to be this is this is this is the establishing world and then when that, that that's when she transitions to our world it really is a moment of oh okay things are getting weird now yeah yeah so she gets pushed down the wall well um, i love that like when she shows up the castle 
And she's got the animals still dressing her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the evil queen shows up as the as the hag. Classic. The Classic. Crow. <laughs> Pushes her in the well. But I love like this scene, because this is the one, this, this is our first transition, so it's the one that we get the most from. But it's actually really, it's really well done because it's sort of like she falls in there and then there's that cool weird thing where she transitions into a live action person. And then she's like standing there and like the light from the manhole is shining on her face. And it's like this weird sort of surreal experience. And every time somebody transitions, it's always a different way. <laughs> Matching their character. Yeah. The transitions are all, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all very character defining. Mm -hmm. um, so the princess, when she gets there, is... Very timid. She, she, by the way, she's not a princess yet. <laughs> Scott. Come on. If you must. You put on the cart before the horse. <laughs> the random ass woman that lived in the tower <laughs> is reaching out timidly and making the like finger gestures that her cartoon self would. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love her Amy Anna's body language, like it through this is is again good direction, but like, even the beginning, her movements are a little exaggerated because she's, like, a cartoon character. And cartoon characters tend to, to be more interesting, tend to move in exaggerated ways. Yeah. Uh, which is important because it, it gives them life. Uh, uh, yeah, Amy does a great job throughout the movie of, of slowly right. clamping down on the... Because it's like she's becoming more on the world. Like, James Marston never really pulls back on it as the prince <laughs> because he's never... That's who he is. Right. Innately. <laughs> you know? Right, because he's he doesn't doubt himself. No, and he's he's still part of the really the animated world. Even when he's in our world, he's still in the animated world. <laughs> yeah, he's got the force of will to bring over his own uh, yeah. bubble of reality. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and I love her actually walking through this. Yeah, and she's just walking around. Yeah, she's like tiptoeing around and flouncing. <laughs> it's great. I love she finds the the bum says, "Oh, old Ben." <laughs> Can you help me? Because she's just like, yeah. There's always an old old person, an old wise man to help you. Yeah. And I love where she's just like, maybe a smile will brighten my day. The guy smiles at her without his teeth. <laughs> and this is again where, like, the reason I love her character is she's endlessly optimistic and polite and energetic. So even though she has that moment where she's kind of, ooh. She kind of really falls like, oh, what a lovely smile. You know, she's she's still going to put on the act because she's a nice person. She's just, it's who she is. And then when he, like, takes her a crown and runs off, or tiara, he runs off. She's just like, you are not a nice old man. <laughs> Finally, that moment when she realizes maybe she's not in Andalasia anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of a naive, yeah. um, very honestly... Nice person. Yeah. That also kind of ramps down a little bit right. throughout the movie, which is she becomes a more good character. I don't want to say well, savvy is the is the right, but but again, yeah. she fits more in our world because in her world, her perpetual is not naive to be who she is. She expects the world to work in certain ways, and it does work in certain ways. Right. The world she was in before supported right her personality. <laughs> right. She's not she's not dumb. She just lived in a world where it's like yeah, I fall out of a tree and somebody catches me. Right, so when she moves to the real world, I mean, some of that goes away, but yeah. the core of who she is is still in there. Which, sorry, Amy Adams. <laughs> the scene, like where she's being pushed around and where she gets pushed into the subway, <laughs> and the camera pans over the street, the sidewalk, past garbage, 
<laughs> and then she comes out on her own and she's kind of like abandoned she just like is all lost and i like that because it's sort of that that's the final that's the big transition they're like okay now you're really all alone in this weird world you don't understand <laughs> yeah. then we meet patrick dempsey's character the lawyer and the divorce which is the, the parallel i mean again with the transition into like an angry divorce right because of course he's a divorce divorce lawyer <laughs> right and also yeah we and all the characters introduce and, and they do a job some more foreshadowing here where uh, Patrick Dempsey catches her <laughs> as she falls off the, the well board. yeah this is after like he remember he I love where he takes his daughter oh he takes his daughter like he's gonna tell her that they're getting married his girlfriend yeah. is getting married and he's talking to his secretary his secretary's a good character I like her she doesn't do a lot but she when she's there she has personality which I like Again, good good writing for the character and good acting but yeah where they're driving the taxi and he gives her the book <laughs> uh, the book about like famous women throughout history <laughs> And and I like that she's like, uh, a book? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but like these are great women, like Rosa Parks or Madame Curie, who devoted her life to science until she, she died of radiation poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Because <laughs> Madame Curie is a great scientist. She just made a mistake. Oh, radiation's not bad for you. Right. It's yeah. the they're going back and forth between reality yeah. and <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> And uh, and then you're right. That's when the daughter finds sees Giselle on the billboard and, and runs out. And then he and this is the, I love this part where she falls and he catches her, but he catches her badly. <laughs> like they're hurt. Right. You know, he's like, oh, ow. And that's the thing. That's why it's it's a great it's a great parallel. After she fell in the cartoon through yeah. that tree, I thought somebody was going to hit like a tree ranch and yeah. crack their ankle or something. <laughs> they pulled a fast one on yeah. it. Yeah. But I just love that she just, you know, like, yeah, because when the prince gets her, he's just like, oh, we're, I've caught you. We're safe. <laughs> yeah. And she falls and he's just like, oh, ow. <laughs> so I love that. Right. So they take her back to the apartment. That's right. Because, um, I don't know, they think she's crazy person lost in the world. That's right. Well, you know, this is my whole, my whole theory about, like, each of them carrying their own little, like, pocket of reality. She still has enough of the nice girl who needs help reality that he does it without realizing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely quite a bit of that in the movie. Yeah. Where they... Well, they make they make jokes about it. You know. Yeah. You can even see like that she's been trained to kind of do it. Like I love the idea. Like later on when she he gives her like the bad guy gives her that like poison martini. Patrick Dempsey's like, why do people keep giving you stuff? <laughs> yeah. And I just love that she's kind of like, yeah, people give me stuff. They're nice. I love that he gave her a poisoned apple tea. <laughs> apple tea. <teeny. laughs> so uh, she stays over at the apartment and then. Uh, wakes up in the morning and sees the apartment's a mess. <laughs> oh, I love, by the way, that she falls asleep so contentedly yeah. in a stranger's apartment. <laughs> On her again, carefully folded hands. Yeah, careful. And he was like, he's about to throw her out. And he's just like, oh, well, fine, I won't throw her out. <laughs> but yeah, so that she wakes up and the apartment's a mess. <laughs> and we get one of the best sequences in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, she opens up the window like she does in the cartoon and makes the animal call. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and the animals of New York are <laughs> pigeons and rats and flies and cockroaches. Flies. <laughs> and they all run into the apartment. Yeah. And she's like, oh. Right. And I love it. She's kind of like, oh. all right. But it's always nice to make new friends. She doesn't judge anybody. Oh. Mm. This, this sequence where they clean the apartments. Yeah. That's uh, probably one of the, the. That's my favorite part of the it's, movie. It's great. It's such a great moment because it's like happy helping song. 
I see like my favorite part is like little touches I noticed this time for example like when she at one point she goes out and she sings on a balcony and she's sort of like this introspective moment she sung she's like well at least it's a new experience and all that and then she comes back in and all the rats rats are loafing around if you notice all the rats are sitting around and then when they see her they get back to work I love the idea <laughs> they're just taking a break. The rats are they're just taking a break. All the animals, like there's the one. I love the one-legged pigeon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's he's handy capable. <laughs> but yeah, I love that little touch because it's kind of like retro. Like, oh, let's take a break. She can do her sound. <laughs> so I think this is the first major um, instance of the one of the cartoon characters really influencing the real yes. world. <laughs> Her, prince, her pre-princess powers are... <laughs> yeah, so you know the movie's not going to be too grim. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know they're going to play with some stuff, which is... I mean, you could have played it more straight, but I love that they, they did that with the... Because that's what's fun. That's the, the fun yeah. parallel, especially with the so creative. Like, I love the animals like, with the cockroaches. Or even the part where it's like the rat, the mouse pulls the uh, hair clog out. <laughs> and I just love that she's like has a hair clog in her hand. She's still singing like... And, <laughs> it's like because there's got to be stuff like that when you're going cinderella is saying about sure. cleaning cleaning the you know at one point she's got to clean the latrine or something like that sure. <laughs> the stuff they never show you in those that stuff they never... <laughs> and then at the end with the pigeon eats the one cockroach yeah <laughs> Never noticed that in the cartoons either. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these animals that are natural enemies. That's right. Uh, so that's fantastic. And then uh, Patrick Dempsey's daughter wakes up and oh, finds yeah, the yeah. animals. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the middle of the dancing <laughs> <thing> I did. <laughs> and they find their apartment full of rats and pigeons. <laughs> Get rid of them all. Yeah, so she wakes up her dad. She's like, yeah. yeah. It's a cute scene where she hits, she hits him with a pillow, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the animals are hanging out. Improvised. And they all look surprised. Woo! <laughs> Then she's in the shower, and he goes and finds her in the shower, and she's like, the pigeons are putting a towel around. (laughs) (laughs) And one thing I want to say about this movie that there's a phrase, a manic pixie dream girl. I know you've heard it. It's a trope, and and I've heard. Well, I mean, I've heard. I don't know what you've heard, (laughs) Um, but it gets thrown around a lot. It's a mixed bag, and it gets thrown around. Appropriately sometimes, but a lot of times it gets thrown around as sort of a, a dismissal of any character that has whimsy. And uh, I think it'd be really easy to say that about, like, Giselle. But one, she has a character arc. She has a character growth. She's not just there to serve the, the love interest's uh, goals. But also, she, she's a person. And, and so I, I get a little frustrated because sometimes people will just, on the virtue of, oh, it's a, it's a manic pixie dream girl. But she's not. She starts very close to that because she's very much those elements because she's always cheerful. She's always there. And he's sort of the character that it'd be really easy if he's the character she's redeeming. But he influences her too and they both they both grow. Right. So, I just want to say that. So don't call her a man because you dream girl. Right. Her character is a, a person instead of a yes. construct. Yes. Yeah, it's just easy, sense. especially beginning to think see her as that because she's very close to that at the beginning. But as she grows. She easily could have been that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that movie could have easily been about, like, a curmudgeon learns about love from a princess. Right. <laughs> they didn't do that. You're, you're like, you, you said that about the characters? Once you said that, I, I think that you just nailed one of the things that makes this movie great. 
that's one of the things that like you talked about cloudy it's one of the things i love about cloudy is that like uh flint and his dad and uh uh sam sparks all have character even stupid (laughs) baby 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 (laughs) brent has a character arc yeah yeah, that stuff's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely a big part of what makes this a, such a good movie. Um, and I like that they had the, the fantastical elements in the real world parts. Yes. Um, it would have been a very different movie with that stuff. It could have still been good, but it, it's what makes it still, it just makes it so unique and memorable. Right. It's yeah. still a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a twisted one. But, yeah. uh, it's, it's my favorite Disney movie now. <laughs> It's really good. I really, it's one of my favorites. So I think this is the point where the prince comes in. <laughs> and again, when he arrives, uh, he comes <laughs> bursting through, like just flies out and lands with super grace. Right. He dives through the manhole. <laughs> flies up, lands with perfect grace. I love that that works. <laughs> that he lands like he expected he would. Right, because it's like he's... Because he's, he's that's just what he does. He's just, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when you, I thought about that because like, like later on when uh, Nathaniel, part, he falls in kind of bumbling, like butt first. Right. And then when the evil queen shows up, <laughs> it's just this grand event. He just materializes <laughs> under this light and shadow and even the, like, the, the mantle flying off and smashing a light. It's like, you know who all these characters are through these entrances. Yep. I, I, it's a great. It, this is why you're right. This is such a great movie to me, is I've watched it many times and I still see interesting elements. Right. I love that the henchman came in, but first. Yeah. What is that? Because <laughs> he knew he was gonna fail somehow. <laughs> but the... No respect. He's got no respect. <laughs> oh. Uh, so yeah, he jumps out of the manhole. <laughs> He threads one of the, assaults one of the. I love. What's the guy say? Uh, what are you looking workers. for? Yeah. Uh, he says like, uh, song, looking for a uh, duet or something like that. Yeah, true love's duet. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> Do you know where to find that? I also love that. Like again, every actor in this is perfect. Like like yeah, James Marsden, Marsden Marsder. I always get them confused because there's that other guy who played Spike Marsden because Marster plays uh, Spike on Buffy. But James Marsden, like, I love, like, his emotional, like, shifting. Because he's so easy to kind of be like, I'm going to save the day. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> like, I love those scenes where he's like, he's like, where is she? And then I'm looking for this. And the guy's like, so am I. Oh, well, good luck to you, friend. And they just walk off. <laughs> yeah, this character is great. There's yeah. no doubt in there. <laughs> Never. The, like, later on when he, he rescues her from... Patrick Dempsey. And he's like, I'm going to. She's like, no, they're my friends. Oh, well, good. Nice to meet you. I just love it. He's no id. He's fully in the present. Right. Sire, do you like yourself? What's not to like? <laughs> Even the, the parts where he's like checking his hair or yeah. his teeth in the sword. Yeah. <laughs> feel very honest. Like, right. And it doesn't feel like, like e- it's so easy to play his egotism, but it's just he's... He cares about his teeth. He's just checking his teeth while he's waiting for the date. <laughs> Why shouldn't he? Right. It's so easy to like make him fall into like this this egotistical or shallow. And and again, the reason he's not shallow is okay, he he's kind of he's shallow for our world. But again, the world he comes from, he's not. And the rules he expects to live by work. <laughs> so I think that's what makes it work, is it's not like a it's not a deconstruction because like I said, she 
she's perfect for her world. And when she comes to ours, she has to evolve and change into a different person because our world works differently than theirs. <laughs> Whereas he, you're right. He knows how his world works. So when he's in our world, he still follows by the rules and he's just not interested in that world. He knows where he belongs. Right. He's yeah. a very pure character. Yeah. <laughs> in a different version, in a less good version of this movie, he would have been an asshole. Right. But it's like, this isn't a, this isn't a take that to animated features. This is like, He's the perfect character for the world he comes from. Right. And at the same time, he kind of bends the world to him yes. <laughs> just by virtue of him, his uh, self-confidence. Yes. It's but great. I, and I love, yeah, self-confidence because he's like, he's, he's Prince, he's Prince, Prince Charming, basically. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Slayer of ogres. Yeah. Oh, ogres is fine. Advances. But eventually you want to find love. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning, I made a part where the ogre's running past him, going after the after Giselle. He's not like, oh my god, I gotta rescue her. He's like, oh no, you don't. Because <laughs> he's like, I know what I'm doing. Oh yeah, and he charges off and like hops onto a car. Oh, right. <laughs> the sword drum. That's right. Oh, I just love watching him run around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, he's stabbing the bus. I love the stabbing the bus joke because that's the joke <laughs> where he, he stabs the bus and the old lady with birdseed like has their bird. And later on, when we meet her. It's like, yeah, I saw Prince. The Prince, he was he <laughs> trying to kill me, on, me the on the bus, <laughs> and they're just like, whatever. The chipmunk is interesting. I don't know if I like him as much as the other characters, but he definitely fits. What I like about Pip, one, I think he's a cool effect. They do a cool job, and I like that he is—he is the heroic animal. He is like heroic to the point that, like, he saves the day. He's inconvenienced by this stupid world where chipmunk can't talk. <laughs> He never once does he demonstrate like anything but a desire to help Giselle and to help and to stop the bad guys. That's what she says at one point where she's just like, Oh yeah, well when Red was Red Riding was chasing down that wolf with that axe, thank God Pip was there. <laughs> and I love that because I'm like, Yeah. If, and here's the thing. If I'm in a foxhole, I'm like, bring me Pip. I need somebody I can count on. <laughs> Pip's like the prince. He does some work. We got the ego. <laughs> yeah. Although the prince doesn't really have ego, but prince is, but Pip is kind of like, yeah, I'll take care of this stuff. I can handle it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it together. And he saves her a couple of times, so he's he's a he's a really important character. Very competent chipmunk. Yes. yes. What point are we at here? I don't know, but I, I remember I do like the line where she's like, "People have been very mean to me, or whatever, and and nobody's been nice to me, and it's been very rude." And then he's like, "Well, welcome to New York," and she is like, "Well, thank you." <laughs> then Edina Brenzel shows up after the in the shower scene. Yeah. Yeah, and she's rightfully <laughs> confused. Sure. Like, I'm not allowed to sleep over, but apparently it's because... <laughs> but I love that, like, in this scene, she's, like, uh, upset. Who's this? And he's like, oh, oh, this is, you know, Giselle. And Giselle's like, hi! <laughs> like, it just doesn't occur to her that somebody would misread the situation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why should it? That's when they have the thing about, uh, she learns about anger, which I like. She's like, I'm, I'm, oh, you're sad? He goes, no, I'm angry. And he's like, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> She's never really been angry, and I love that idea. Because <laughs> it's such, it's at least one of my most, my favorite movies. Points. There's so many scenes in this movie that pay off, but I love the whole angry scene. Uh, yeah, and then they send the the evil witch is going to try to poison her with an apple. They send the... Uh, send the henchman down. Yeah, henchman with the apples. <laughs> like, I like that she can see through the, like any liquid. I love that idea. And there's even yeah. that part where she's like, You'll find her at, and then the guy dips the ladle in the soup. <laughs> and we're like, he's talking to the soup or whatever, and the one guy looks over at him, and he's like, 
I'm going to stick the soup. And he goes, like, whatever, I don't care. It's so henchman. Yeah. And it's so, like, like I love the idea. It's like, buddy, I've worked in this kitchen a long time. I don't care. <laughs> that notion. So, yeah, the, gold, they have the three poison apples. Classic. Works really well. Especially, right, because I love when they play it with, like, the, the caramel apple or the apple <laughs> TD. The, I love the caramel apple had the skull, <laughs> skull face in the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> What's what I love? I love the idea because so many things in, like, animation have the visual look. Mm. And I love that so many things in this will have that visual look where it's kind of like, yeah, that's an animated thing. That's the thing that easily would appear in an animated film. Yeah, all these points and apples are um, extremely shiny. Yes, they're, 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 like, they're real apples, but they're, they've got that look of like almost unreal they're a little abnormal right and i, I think that's cool that's like it's like a cartoon thing um so i think at this point they do the uh the outdoor musical number <laughs> where she's they're walking through the park and she starts singing well because he's talking to her about love and how like love is practical yeah. and she's like well how does she right. know how you feel and then he's talking about his girlfriend yeah i was gonna try to win her back yeah <laughs> She starts singing. He's like, you're singing again? Yeah. <laughs> it's irritation. It starts going, people are looking at you. <laughs> the transition here is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Where the, the Rasta band like, picks up the tune. Yeah. And they're like... And she starts singing kinda, to them. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I love it. He's like, he's heard this song before? Never heard this song before. <laughs> I love his incredulity because it's just like it's the joke about like a musical where man that was really good. Ed, did you just make that up? <laughs> and you're right. Like as the the reason it's such a great transition is it starts small and then it gets bigger as she goes. Like at one point you're right, just the reggae band behind her with the steel drum and the singer and the and then later on they pick up like a hippie with a guitar. It's such a beautiful slow build. Yes, you're, you're still not sure halfway through where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a few people dancing, right. and then a few more. And by the end of it, it's it's like a proper yeah, <laughs> musical. It's a huge musical thing. And I love Patrick Dempsey in this because like everybody else is playing this like like it's musical. They're dancing. Everybody yeah. like everyone's doing like the big expressions and the big gestures. And he's kind of like he's just out of the loop. Yeah, he's kind of looking confused or uh, like not irritated, but just kind of like this is weird. Yeah, like there's a part where she's like singing and she's running through like the. The, like the folk festival and there's like the and everyone behind him is just like running and in this and he's kind of like running like he's like doesn't want to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> the mariachi band on the on the boat and they're playing and he rows past and he looks like he has this look on his face like why how am i how rowing? am i growing when did this happen <laughs> even like it's like the, the road crew is like dancing and doing like elaborate flips I love the the end part where he just kind of gives up. There's two <laughs> throws parts up the jazz hands. about the transition to the jazz hands, and then the part where she's sitting by the fountain and you see him going like shaking his head like with the rhythm <laughs> and then catching himself. And I I know it's a joke. I love that, but that is it. That's as they're they're getting closer to each other. Yeah, that's, the metaphor of their worlds. Right. His his transition. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I love that notion because and it's, especially because this whole song is about hold her in your arms and sing to her to know. You know that she, you love her, which is such a sort of romanticized, especially cartoony ideal, and it's it's such an important part of this movie later on. Yeah, yeah. And I love, it Crazy. ends with the she makes the flower wreath and she tells the doves, <laughs> yeah. "Take these to Nancy," and they fly off. And he's just like, "They're birds. They don't know where she lives." <laughs> I love that notion. <laughs> 
Like he's gone past that. He's like, I get it. You can somehow control the doves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fine. There's a choreographed dance number right. going on. <laughs> and you can make a wreath of flowers in like two seconds. <laughs> but the birds having an address, that's. You know what? And I'm with him. I'm with him on that one. Yeah. That's a bit of a stretch. That's how you know magic's involved. That's some pretty advanced animal control. Because by the end of the song, you get the call from her. It's like, oh, she loved the flowers. <laughs> this is where I like that her character is just so excited that Doves brought her flowers. Yes. You know, and you know, when you talked about it, like you talk about it, it's interesting because I said she was my least favorite, but they do highlight the fact that she, he picked her because of their practical relationship, but she has this sort of romantic side that he never tapped into. Right. And you're right. It's kind of like, where'd you find doves? <laughs> you know, normally you just send an e-card with e-flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and then later when he's like, well, we could go to a ball, I guess. Yes. <laughs> She's way into it. Right. And you're right. And that's what, like, there's all these hints about who she is as a person that even maybe she's not even quite aware of, which I like. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think she's, she's pretty deep. This is a pretty good movie. I take it. <laughs> I, I like this movie, but this, I, this may be one of the favorites we've done. You're right. I'm with you on this. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Freddy versus Jason, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, that's a whole fantasy world different. Uh-huh. Freddy versus Jason is a great movie. I'll give it a great movie. I enjoyed it. It's not as... <laughs> complex as this in that it's just merging now it's still kind of complex because you got to merge a dream serial killer with a, with a regular serial killer monster and they do a good job but this one is you're merging the two separate realities completely and you do such a great job this is one of those movies i feel like has everything yeah this and like cloudy and yeah it's funny it's funny it's smart it has uh really great acting i mean just the, again I, the directing it knows what it's doing and why it's doing it and it does it Every time, right? Yeah. If you guys didn't watch Freddy vs. Jason, I don't blame you. <laughs> you should watch it, Shannon. <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason is really close to this, too. I really don't have many complaints with Freddy vs. Jason. And I think it's a great movie. But it's very it's very specific in its audience. Like, problem with Freddy vs. Sure. Jason is, like, Enchanted is not, you know, it's PG. It's a nice movie. You know, like, if you don't like gore, you're not going to like Freddy vs. Jason. Because it's not extremely gory, but it's gory. True. You know, so there's elements that are going to turn people away. It's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. But like uh, this is this is just a really this is a crowd pleaser, but not in a bad way. Not in like a, a dumb way. It's a crowd pleaser, and it's just it's accessible, and it's just a fun, great movie. There's nothing wrong with a crowd crowd pleaser that's really clever. Yes, yes. Or anything that's really clever. Right. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a dismissal. It's not like hey, lowest common. This isn't lowest common denominator. There's just people who really cared about every aspect of this. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. But I mean, people conflate something being popular. To being like not good, right? <laughs> Probably a bad example because this isn't that popular. <laughs> it's popular enough. I mean, they, they almost had a sequel. Um, they, they it got installed in production. It's popular, but it's still. I think the, the reason I thought we should put do this movie is because I feel like it's a popular movie, but it's also one I think that gets undervalued. I think it falls in that category of like generic rom com type movie, right? Or you know, even the fact that like so often comedies get dismissed as not as important as say dramas. I mean, I'm going to say it's masterful. I just love this movie. <laughs> Can't recommend enough. Yeah. So that's why I thought it was on podcast, because it did well. You don't get it on all the levels we get it. Now you will. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Try not to be too insulting to No, I'm just kidding. I'm, but, no, but it's interesting. I, I don't mean that. I mean, what I mean is, 
like the, the goal of the podcast is to discuss these movies as not just as disposable entertainment. There's some interesting elements to this, and this one is full of interesting elements. Oh yeah, and it's a, it's just a fun, smart movie. Yeah, I mean the point is uh, for us to explore stuff yeah. that an interesting choice or a good choice for yeah. some re- one reason or another. And maybe the movie's not always you know. Yeah, there's like not top shelf. Yeah, but... I mean like yeah like uh, Anacondas is certainly like yeah. Or, you know, even, like, I liked Sunshine, but Sunshine makes what I think is mistakes. Yeah, I and And not, not terrible mistakes. Um, uh, still, a great, still a great movie in a lot of ways. But this one is it's just, it's just really great, and yet I think it's really easy to dismiss because even the concept of someone like, oh, it's like, it's a princess movie. It's like, no, no, it's... I guess that's why I'm not popular is that a lot of people probably categorize this yes. in their head. Yes. Um, and I'm probably guilty of that a little bit. Right. Well, it's easy to do. I, I didn't, certainly didn't seek this out. <laughs> Well, something like this is so much about execution. And this is one of the things that's difficult. It's difficult to sell execution. You can sell a concept. Yeah. Um, how do you sell execution? Because some of that is really difficult to summarize. And it's, as an artist myself, I, I struggle with that. Because like my books often get dismissed as sort of these sort of list, like silly light books. And, and I'm not going to argue because somebody thinks they're light that they're wrong. But I will argue that sometimes the themes and ideas that I explore get dismissed because someone's like, oh, is that silly robot detective book? And I'm like, well, okay, it's, it's, a, it's an odd universe with an odd setting and an odd character, but it's not meant to be, it's, it's, it's hopefully more than that. Yeah, it's nearly impossible, I think, um, because to understand why something has a good execution, you, 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 have to you almost have it. to, yeah, yeah, you have to read it or you have to watch it. Yeah. Got and it. what can you say about it except, you know, it's good, you should check it out. Because <laughs> how do you, it's like, it's like trying to describe a Jackie Chan fight scene. Like, what, why is a Jackie Chan fight scene great? Well, he does this cool stuff, but you have to see it to really make it understand. Right. Why is a Jackie Chan fight scene better than other right. kung fu fight scenes? Uh, why is the action in Shoot 'em Up more interesting than John Wick and yet weaker in some regards? And it's because they both are executed in different ways. Yeah. You get to summarize it by saying, oh, this cool thing happens. Right. That's not something you can relate to somebody in like two sentences. No. And, and you, this one, you can't do that because you're like, oh, it's like a princess, live action princess, Disney animated movie, homage, exploration about human relationship. <laughs> you can't do it. It takes us about an hour, an yeah. hour and a half to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the part where we see uh, the prince checking the hotel. Yeah. And watching the soap opera. And I love that the soap opera is like about a guy who's like, loves this, <laughs> this bitch, this lady who's like the uptight, like powerful lady. That doesn't that treats him like dirt, and he starts. And Nathaniel sees the comparison. And I love that. Yeah, that's his moment. It's probably the first time he's seen something like yeah. that. It's that's fantastic. Yeah, because it's and it, you know what I love is it's so it's like it's disposable entertainment. It's a soap opera, but it's so perfect. I like that the guy in the soap opera looks like maybe the way Nathaniel might picture himself. Yes. <laughs> and I even love the idea where he's like, "Sire, uh, do you?" Do like yourself. Well, it's not the way. It's that moment. That's his beginning of his, his personal journey. <laughs> moment of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. That, that would be impossible. And it's, uh... So then they go. He goes off to, to poison Giselle again. Yeah. And Pip follows him. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and they're at the restaurant, the pizzeria. Having a date. Having a, I love that. Like She's like, they're, they're yeah, talking earlier, about stuff. What's a date? <laughs> well, I like this, this scene because it's really nice because one of the things I love about her, she has a genuine interest in people. That's, that's her like heroic quality she has. So even though these are kind of complex comp- subjects for her because she, I mean, <laughs> she starts crying at the very idea of a divorce. Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, this, there, if there's one strike on this movie that I will give, it's like she touches that lady's hair. You don't touch people's hair. That's, that's not right. That's rude. <laughs> I think it fits. 
it fits. <laughs> but especially since after this, I've seen so many posts on Facebook and so many posts on other things about, especially apparently, and I've never done this, so I guess I consider myself a progressive person. Where black people get their hair touched a lot. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah, or like the the other one I've heard is like where bald people get their head touched a lot. Really? Yeah, which is like that's not that's their space, man. It seems like a throwback to the fifties or something. I forgive Giselle for it because Giselle's just always open and friendly. I feel like that's the kind of thing you can get away with in cartoon fantasy. Yes. <laughs> so I get why she does it. But the public service announcement <laughs> we're gonna give. Don't touch people's hair. Yeah. And I, the other one I've heard is uh, pregnant ladies. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't touch their belly. Yeah. What's wrong that's with really you? weird. It's like, dude, there's a safety zone, man. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind that somebody being pregnant. Yeah. Makes other people like feel like they have a license. It's the to, rule. To, yeah. like, it, like, somehow there's a, okay, well, now you're a public domain. I mean, I, I just think it's just generally polite not to touch people. Let's say strangers. I guess I, I I've been living in a fool's paradise. Nah, we're just antisocial nerds. You know, I guess being a whitish guy, <laughs> I'm allowed to not be touched. Go on, Mister Martinez. Yes, whitish. The be considerate of people's space. Yes, when they're when they're at the pizza parlor, Nathaniel comes to give her the poison apple teeny. <laughs> After they've had that moment, I like that again. It's that moment where she's. It's their conflict because he's like, you know, well, you know, love is a lie. My wife left me. It's really hard on my daughter and me. I don't talk about it with her. Right. He's he's emotionally cut off. And if she's the opposite, she's emotionally extroverted. She's sharing it all the time. Right. Sharing too much. Right. And I love that she's like, it's a date. <laughs> yeah. The same time she's talking to him, we're starting to have this chemistry <laughs> that she's like, I don't think she's ever experienced before. Starting to have feelings for this person that is not Prince Charming. So you start to question, like, whether she actually gave a shit about him in the first place. Well, she's having feelings based on a different sort of romanticism. Like, this is a romanticism of knowing another person and getting to understand them. Versus her other one was kind of like, oh, yeah, you're good. I'm good. Let's get together. Hang out. That's fair. Yeah. It's the idealized romanticism versus, you know, actually connecting with different The different worlds, too. Yeah. Because, again, in, in her world, almost everybody is very upfront. Like, that's why, the, yeah. in a way, that's why the evil queen is so obviously evil can get away with Because I always figure it's like, this is, they always remind me of, like, the invention of lying in that movie where you can just lie and it's just the stupidest thing and everyone will believe you because nobody knows how to lie. <laughs> the queen is so obviously evil. I mean, look at the way she dresses. Not talking about sexy, but I'm like, she's got all black and she's got the crown and she's always got, like, the... She's always moving with the claw <laughs> fingers. The body language. Right. And Nathaniel's always kind of like sneaky. Giselle and, and uh, the prince don't notice it because they are all just take things at face value. People just talk. <laughs> and that's what I think is great about this is that like, you know, even like in the bits where Nathaniel's like doing stuff that's sneaky and, and uh, Patrick Dempsey's kind of like, wait a minute. Like for a second, because he's like, well, I don't take things at exactly face value. <laughs> and I think that's where we're really well. So. In the fantasy world, of course you meet somebody and they seem cool. Eh, you should probably hook up. It's cool. He seems cool. I seem cool. We're probably cool people. In real life, in our world, it's a little more complicated than that. Sure. And again, the uh, Patrick Dempsey's girlfriend character is perfectly willing to accept the, right. the idealized version. Right. And that's why it's good when she sees it with like, transition. I'm, I'm tired of being practical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do something stupid. That's right. 
uh, so so she he's giving he's gonna give him the apple her the apple tea. I think this is the first time we see him disguised. No, he was disguised before as the uh, caramel apple guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like the third time actually. Maybe well, like, he's done another. I love that later on he just like, disguises just generally just for no good reason. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But the apple tea is great. <laughs> Because it's such a strange, it's such a great why, thing. Why would he even know how to make an apple tea? <laughs> you got, hey, you henching ain't easy. You got to do a lot of, you got to yeah. a lot of skills. I think Nathan might be the most accomplished of the people from this world. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I love his like cartoon, like cartoon mustache and the way he's doing. <laughs> oh, for you, lady. <laughs> I love it. Because like Patrick Dempsey is almost out of the field, so he can almost see it. <laughs> And then she's like, well, maybe I'll have a... Oh, it's poison. Ah, I'll get to you. Have a little drink. And then Pip shows up, saves her. And then there's... Like, everyone's panicking except for her. And I love that even in this world, she can still understand Pip. <laughs> I love the lady that goes... He's eating her, he's eating her face. Right. <laughs> he's kissing her. face. I love the daughter's the only one who's like, it's a chipmunk. <laughs> like, she's the only one who can figure out what it is. They're all like, it's a rat. The eyes of a child. Yeah. And then Dan throws it in the pizza oven, and it looks like he bursts. <laughs> I love that this makes Nathan the hero <laughs> to everybody else. In the and then the new story about, like, there are no remains of the vicious animal. It could still be out there. <laughs> what do you think about that, miss? That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so using the news report, the prince... Prince finds her at that building, although it takes him all night to find her because he has to knock yeah. out all the doors <laughs> in this huge building. And I love this gag about the different buildings, like where he knocks on the one woman, and she's got all those kids, and she looks all beat down, and she's like, you're too late. <laughs> it's a great bit. <laughs> and then the other one with the cat man, the guy with the cats, and he's like... <laughs> And then the uh, the biker guy, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> and the prince runs off. <laughs> Falls asleep in the hallway because this building's too huge. Right, and this is the point where the reality of the situation might affect the prince. But he just powers through it. Right. He's like, oh, this is going to be impossible. There's so many doors. But he's like, well, I'll just keep looking. Because that's who he is. That's right. <laughs> so then they have the discussion. And this is the scene where, where like, he's talking about, like, Patrick Dempsey's like, if you want to stay, I'll help you set up. But she's like, no, he's coming. And he's like, well, maybe they don't always come back. And she's like, no, he's coming. And she's getting really frustrated. Oh, such a, I love this scene where she's like, you're making me, you're making me angry. And then she starts <laughs> laughing because it's so overwhelming to her, but she's also feeling a new emotion. <laughs> then she does this thing. Oh, I just love that shot. Like, this is, like, just masterful acting where she runs through all those oh yeah because that part where she's like you're making me angry she's like i'm angry and then she gets oh yeah i'm angry i'm angry (laughs) and she starts hitting him a little bit you know like (laughs) yeah she's a really good actor yeah this is not something everybody could pull off (laughs) no because she's got to make it all work especially because again this character is so broad in so many ways and yet this is her kind of subtle moment where she's starting to experience more emotions and they he walks away (laughs) like she almost kisses him and he walks away and I like that. It ends with that great part where she just sits down and she's just like, oh my. She's going through so. There's just so much subtext in this. Because yeah. she's like angry and she's doubting Prince Charming. I know, you know, she's, char- she's doubting him for the first time maybe ever. But also, she's just really mad at this guy. And she's also just experiencing anger. <laughs> it's like, it's an overwhelming experience. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's 
clear all, all she can do is like sit down and just be overwhelmed yeah she's that. overwhelmed by it. yeah there's so much happening to her now much much credit to amy yeah and direction and the the again the the script the fact i don't know that you know if they did it on the spot but like the script the fact the script has something has enough confidence to just have that she sits down and just says oh my <laughs> yeah that's that's another thing about this movie is they're not um i think the sign of a poor script is they'll they'll try to over explain everything well and even like you know it's interesting in a movie that's full of characters have their hearts and their emotions on the sleeve and their expressions <laughs> how much subtext a lot of this is going through yeah even later on the prince has a little bit of subtext when he has to accept that maybe he's not her true love and it's pretty simple for him because it's because he's a good guy he's like at the end of the day he's not gonna be jealous he's gonna make a decision based on helping somebody <laughs> but um even though there's so much overt text in it, there's so much subtext in the... Uh, it's, when I was first saw this movie, and I really loved it, and I was talking to a friend of mine, especially with the dancing scene coming up, where it's just like, he's dancing, and she's like wearing like our clothes, and he's wearing her clothes, you know, like her world, and they're dancing in a ball, and she's just sitting there, and it's, he's singing to her. It's like that moment of perfect transition. They've become one. They have crossed into each other's worlds, and they have built a relationship I can believe. And yeah. it was just like, oh, I thought it was fun. And this is where I get angry. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's so much more than that. It's the culmination of this very it's well-woven story. everything, <laughs> yeah. It's like there's that, again, you know, oh, like in Wally, Like there's a scene in Wally where they're dancing in space. Yeah. And that scene always makes me tear up a little bit. Because I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the moment. They've, they've done it. They're, they're, they're stupid robots are falling in love. <laughs> yeah you don't get those moments haphazardly no <laughs> it's really very, it's, it's fun they're built on purpose yeah like the the next morning when he wakes up and he sees the curtains that she's made a new dress out of and i like that he just smiles again it's that moment <laughs> sure that's just himself and the dresses are all like <laughs> i love that they're all really well made yeah well, because she's got help with the animals. Sure. And she's a princess. She can do that. I was actually watching a, the Saturday Night Live. They have like a Cinderella thing and with the mice. There's two mice and they made like one little thing for Cinderella. And she's like, that's all you, like an uh, ugly dress. They made an ugly dress for her. And she's just like, oh, it's, it's, it's nice. And they're like, hey, we're mice. What do we got? She's like, is that dirt? <laughs> she's like, is that, is that hair? Hey. You know, we don't live that long. I've dedicated like 20% of my life to making this dress for you. You can be a little more grateful. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, so the princess found Giselle. Yes. Finally. <laughs> He's not going to come. He will come. I'm here, Giselle. <laughs> so um, they're going to go back, but she decides that she wants to go on She's she's conflicted. Well, well, this is the part where I love the part. This is the part where he sings to her, yeah. and and then he's kind of like he's at the whole song part, and then when he turns to her, she's just like, and he he even starts trying spurring her along. Um. <laughs> so yes, they want to go on a date. She wants to go on a date, <laughs> right? And he wants to get it over with so they can go back. Yeah, we're we're in love. What's to talk about? I love that this is later de- deconstructed in like Frozen, which has the Dina Zemanzel in it. In Frozen, I always get their names wrong. It's Anna, I think. Anna meets a guy, falls in love with him, and is going to get married. And that's what Elsa says. You can't marry a man you just met. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I can. So I love this idea that like, uh, again, it's like you can't just marry a guy you've known for two days. 
I mean, at this point, she's known Patrick Dempsey longer <laughs> and actually talked to him. Yeah. So they cut to later, and um, the prince is wearing like some tourist crap. <laughs> well, I like it because it, it. I love that they have them. You can see their date without them seeing their date. Yeah. He's got the paraphernalia from from the uh, tourist stuff that they went to. Yeah. How's your hot dog? Ooh. Oh no, they just call it that. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, how much longer does this go on? <laughs> Which, to be fair, he's a good guy, but that is it's acting a lot, asking a lot. I mean, yeah, he comes right. from a world where you fall in love after a song. He's <laughs> ready for more action. I'm just saying, this is a long engagement. We had one, we had a song. We had two songs. What are we doing now? We're testing the limits of his patience. <laughs> uh, so they decide to go to that ball. Yes, and uh, Patrick Dempsey's going there with his girlfriend. That's right. So they have a they switched to a scene where um, his daughter yes. goes shopping with Giselle. I love that. She's like, I don't know where to find a fairy godmother at this late hour. <laughs> yeah. And they go shopping, which is nice. Yeah, the pretty woman montage. Yes, and I like it because it's again, it's like it's a transition. She's doing stuff like you would do in our world. I love the bit here where the the girl is talking about um, boys are only after one thing. Oh, yeah. She's giving her advice. And they're both too innocent to yeah. know what that is. With the advice, which is like, uh, was it? Uh, don't want to wear too much makeup. It'll give boys the wrong idea. They'll only want one thing. What's that? <laughs> and like, it's nice. It's that moment because you know they don't spend a lot of time with this girl and, and Giselle. They build a relationship mostly through you know, implication. But this is the moment where she's like, you know, what was it? And I love the idea that they're they're actually very similar in that regard because she's like, well, what's it like? Is this what it's like to have your mom? And she's like, well, I don't know. I didn't have my mom. Yeah, because she grew up in this <laughs> magical cottage in the woods. So it's like it's really nice. And this actress, and by the way, this girl's a good actress. And we, you know, there's a lot of bad actors. I mean, she's not doing anything too big in her role, but I always buy her role, her lines when she says stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, she's not a focus of the movie. No, but she doesn't need to be. No, she's not David Mendel Hall from Over the Top. <laughs> That's our standard, but she's pretty good. Well, <laughs> she doesn't have to carry the movie, so I like okay. to make references to the previous movies because that way people will be excited. Maybe this is the first one I listened to, and you you haven't listened to Over the Top. That's true. <laughs> I recently re-listened to Over the Top, our podcast, because I was bored. <laughs> can I say how much I love Over the Top? <laughs> you can. Yes. <laughs> Did you love our podcast on Over the Top? I loved our podcast of Over the Top. <laughs> um my head is like a shark's fin. That's all you need to know. That's a great one. I love that. <laughs> if I could summarize Deep Blue Sea. All you got to remember about Deep Blue Sea is In seven words. has made it awesome. And you're right. That includes his own rap song. He brought the whole package. There was a period where like movies ended with rap songs that were custom made for them. And this Deep Blue Sea may have been after that, but they had the courage <laughs> to have, LL have cool J. a custom tailored rap song. LL Cool J is not messing around. He's there to play. That's right. What do you want from me? I will do whatever you need. <laughs> anyway, so they go to the ball. Yeah. Um, and they've, like, the, the juxtaposition is complete yeah. because Patrick Dempsey is dressed up as. <laughs> yeah, like a costume. You know, a. Uh, Prince Charming from yeah. the Disney fairy tale because it's a costume ball. Yeah, and um, 
uh, Giselle shows up in modern dress. Right, a modern <laughs> modern dress gown thing that's really nice. It's really, it's actually streamlined and simple, which draws attention to the fact that it's it's like a more modern thing. That's a great choice for me because she could have come in as a gown; it would have been fine. But the choice yep. that like her hair. This is the first time her hair is also kind of like really nice, but it's 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 simpler. It's not she, she looks a less. She looks more like a. I don't want to say modern because you can modern people can look all kinds of ways. But it's that great thing. She looks like somebody from our world. He looks like somebody from her world. It's a really interesting choice, and I'm, right. it's, it's, it really makes it work. Throughout the movie, it symbolizes the fantasy element by accessorizing. Right, so yeah. Gis- Giselle's hair is always like curled and piled, and, and like, the dresses have like frills all over right. them. And, and he's always wearing a suit. He's <laughs> always wearing like regular clothes. Right. So, so yeah. it's it's very easy for them to make that switch by taking all that stuff away. <laughs> yeah, it just it just it just draws attention to itself so well, but it's so natural too. It's just another one of those little elements that you know somebody cared about making this movie. <laughs> it's you know it's interesting about like when you develop an idea. Yeah, you usually have a good idea at the beginning, and then you, you kind of have to push through it. And that's where this, this movie has, like, a lot of really interesting choices that had to be made. And some Because nothing gets done by accident. I mean, so, uh, so unless, like, maybe we find out later that they had a nice gown and they lost it. <laughs> but <laughs> somebody had accident. to sit there and go... Deep Blue Sea is a happy accident. Right. This, this feels planned. Well, yeah, and it, it shows in Deep Blue Sea because Deep Blue Sea is not a perfect movie. But this movie right. is so smart, <laughs> and every time it's like, that's a really good choice. No, but as a, you know, as a writer... One of the things I I, I I struggle, you know, any writer, any creator struggles with is is sometimes you make choices and you're like, oh, I wish I had made a different choice. And sometimes it's too late. Sometimes the, the material's out there. Sometimes you're lucky and you catch it before. I'm editing the, the second Constance Verity book now and there's a thing at the end that I'm like, oh, I should do that. And luckily I'm editing it so I can still do it. And it's not, it doesn't change the story in any way, but it's just something I love. And it's just, it occurred to me. And it didn't occur to me until I was reading this the fourth time to do it. And so it's really interesting to see, like, like, what makes makes good choices to great choices. So this is a great choice. Especially because Boy, you're right. With uh, Nancy's character being romantic, she is dressed appropriately for the ball. So that <laughs> when the... It's like, I didn't think about that. Like, you made me like Nancy a lot more. I don't dislike her. But I mean, I, I, I see that. Where she's like, she's she's kind of been this person all along. Right. Yeah. Right. And she's discovering that. Yeah. So it's great. There's... Like five people, yeah, doing this transition at the same time. The fact that there's six characters, and except for well, uh, except for I mean, you can, you can count maybe seven if you count Pip. Uh, except for Pip and uh, uh, the Queen, everybody else is going through some kind of personal journey, even if it's a really simple one. Word. And you're right; it's not the same one, which is really interesting. Hmm? Yeah. So um, they're. They dance, and it's pretty clear. Giselle and uh, Patrick Dempsey dance. Yes, and I and I like that it's during pretty, their dance. Pretty clear they're both into it. Yeah, well, even and because they're not even dancing the same dance, which I like. They're dancing different <laughs> right than anybody not. else. Yes, and oh yeah, yeah. And I like that, like you see, uh, Prince and Nancy are kind of like watching because they're dancing together, but they're watching. Yeah, and they're kind of like <laughs> they're both watching. This is a problem. The other this people. is a problem, which is true. It's a problem. <laughs> And then he sings to her. And I like that, again, they didn't do anything like, he doesn't do anything crazy. He doesn't do anything big because he's not really a singer. He's, you know, but he sings a nice, like, there's that moment where he's just like, starts singing the song to her. And, and it's just like, and she puts her head on his shoulder and it's just like, oh, it's such a beautiful moment. <laughs> I totally buy it. It's really good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at that point, uh, Patrick, 
Patrick Dempsey kind of. He does. They, don't have, they, they both well because they're both good people too, and they don't right. have the courage. They he's, don't want to hurt other people. They're involved in their other relationships. He's still committed to this other thing. Yeah, and he, she's still committed to Prince. You know, the Prince. So it's difficult. Yeah. It's ironic. <laughs> you know, and and uh, which I like because it's otherwise it's kind of like well then they're douchebags or something, but they're not. They're they're still you know right. I like that. That's the driving force for her to take the poison apple. Fine. Well, and that's where here's the thing. That's where they could have made the prince a jerk and Nancy a jerk. Because what they do in romantic comedies all the time is they do that. Oh, it turns out that the love interest, the other, the decoy love interest is a jerk. Yeah. And that's a cop-out. They've done something irredeemable. Right. So it's okay right. to not be right. around them it's anymore. the cop-out. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're right. Oh, well, let's make the prince an egotistical jerk. And that way when she, she does it. So, you know, and again, it would have worked okay. But it works so much better that it's, it's the complication is the fact is that they, they're, they're genuinely good people they're involved with that there's no reason for them not to be with and even make sense to be with them it's just that they built this other relationship right and when patrick dempsey goes for giselle um the the girlfriend looks like she's been gut punched right and and the it's, prince it's really like the scene. prince being a simpler guy he just looks concerned but i love his concern where he's just like he gets past it much faster right of course he does because they've only known each other for like two days. And plus, to mention he's a passionate man who just gets on the next passion. You know, that's what he does. He just uh, sings a song and he'll be okay. There's so much he going probably, on. In this here's movie. my theory: is that at one point we didn't see it, but he walked away, sang a song about how sad he was, and came back, and he was cool. <laughs> I buy that. Yeah. Uh, and then you're right. So then that's the the eat the apple to get rid of the pain. <laughs> she and then I love that this is where I give credit to the evil queen she picks her up she doesn't leave her there she picks her up she's gonna take her out and there's that cool moment where she transforms back into her like evil queen self and then the prince stops her yeah. and then she's kind of like covering it up no she just I'm taking her for air she just you can just leave her there she's fine <laughs> I love that line she's like I love Susan Sarandon because she does a great job as the voice actress, and then she does a great job in this role where she's just like, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, we'll just leave her there, huh? Yeah, she's not in the movie a lot, but she's yeah. really... Uh... Yeah, and, and she's a good voice actress, so it also, like, when she does the, like, animated stuff, it's really great. Like, the dragon, she just totally sells. I love the voice on her. <laughs> and I love the... Uh, that's when Nathaniel sells her out. He's like, no, she gave her a poison apple. And then they figure out the true love. And, he, like, she's... I love that she's... She's trying to mesmerize the prince with magic. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's got magical powers. And Nathaniel stops her. And then you're right. She's like, they're like, oh, true love's kiss. And this is that moment where like the prince kisses her and then he's trying to kiss her. <laughs> this should be working. And the prince realizes it's like, well, no, there's somebody else who, who, who loves her. Who's the true love. And he's like, well, I can't do it. And then Nancy's like, no, you need to do it. <laughs> kisses her she wakes up and i love the people are like this is the best show this is the best this is much better than last year's ball and this is before the dragon even appeared yeah that was great mm-hmm. and then the dragon is just ridiculous the dragon is a really good i really love the dragon effect i love that like the the version they went with which is sort of cartoony because again she's a cartoon dragon like i like she got the natural crown because i'm like of course this, <laughs> this queen is not going to not have a crown her whole point is to have the crown <laughs> And I like the look of the dragon. It's a great look, and I love that. Like, it's just a, it's a terrific thing. And then when she, they made it work. It's a good yeah, effect. It's a really good. Again, it's a choice that 
they could have made the dragon look like realistic, but it's not realistic. It's a cartoon dragon. Right. It's a it's a realistic looking cartoon dragon. <laughs> the dragon and Pip are still kind of cartoon. Yes, because they're they're closest to cartoon characters. And uh, she transforms and knocks Prince Charming and Nathaniel away so that they're out of the picture, which I like because that way there's a good. And then she kidnaps <laughs> Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> And crashes out and climbs out. Roll reversal. Yes, and I like the part where Giselle like runs after everyone else is running away. She runs forward, takes off her shoes, and grabs the sword. And she's like, "I'm not. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. Right. Then, she's transitioned to this reality where she yeah had to do something where otherwise, I mean, before all this had happened, she probably right. would have. And she she wasn't and, sat back and waited for somebody else to take care of it. Right. And she wasn't completely helpless in the in the in the cartoon scene. It's just that she has different expectations. Right. Yeah. She's not like a, a victim in the sense that she just like even when the ogre's attacking her, she she knows enough to get away from it. She's not she's not just sitting there going like oh right like uh, the same thing. These movies, the mother shows up and the lady would faint. It's like <laughs> man, if you just walked away, the mummy would never have got you. Because that's her role to play in that world. Yeah. Right? And she has that expectation that somebody yeah. else is going to ultimately right. Catch clean everything up. <laughs> right. And you're right. So that she goes to help him. And it's the great scene. It's really cool. And like Pip shows up, saves the day. Yeah. And everything that happened in the original fight happens in this fight. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I love that it's as simple as just like stepping on that extra weight. I love that Pip's heroic move is just it's my go-to. Just step on it. <laughs> And the, and the dragon falling is really cool. I like that it's like, it's a really good shot where she's scrambling with the, with the, uh, hold on to the building. Yeah. And then when she's falling and it's like a long shot of her, like, and then that she shatters in a glitter. It's really cool. <laughs> and then Giselle catches him. And here's the thing that I even, I, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but everything in this movie seems like it's intentional. He, she catches him and then they're both falling and then they both catch each other off the edge. And I'm just like, it's complete. They're they're partners in this relationship. Yep. It's just it's a really it's really nice. And then and then we end up with like that part where Nancy's like all upset. She's like, oh yeah, she left her shoe. Of course she did. What <laughs> like, <laughs> a fairy tale cliche. <laughs> Prince puts it on her. It fits. Done. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> but I love that she's still not she's not the same princess that you would be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she kisses him. No, she kisses because she, and I like that she's going to bring some of her stuff to their their world too. Because the same way at the end, Giselle has the animals helping her with the, with the the fashion stuff. Yeah, she still has that ability. She's got the rats to yeah, slave labor at her fabric store. Slave labor. See, <laughs> and to take it to a dark place, you had to take it there, didn't you, Scott? I did. I can't help it. <laughs> I need to watch this movie a couple more times. <laughs> you know, rats and slave labor. You know, first of all, Giselle's very nice. So she probably didn't make the rats do anything they didn't want sure, to Sure, no, I'm sure their prison has uh, a window and they get lots of breaks. There was, there was uh, uh, with Bob and David, which is a spinoff of Mr. Show that came was on Netflix. It only had like four episodes or whatever. Have you ever seen Mr. Show? It's a sketch comedy show. I've certainly heard about it a lot. I've seen one or two. Uh, well, with Bob and David, one of their sketches was a movie that people made about slavery, but they were trying to make it about, like, well, there's multiple viewpoints. And so, <laughs> so you end up with, like, a slave, and he's like, walks in, and the guy, the slave master's there, and he's like, it comes to my attention 
that people aren't getting enough hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and the slave's like, we'd like to have more hugs, sir, but we have to make sure we pick enough cotton because you're so nice to us. <laughs> it's just full of like the ridiculous notion about like, oh, you're going to take plenty of hug breaks. <laughs> Let you know that I appreciate your work. <laughs> it's always like it always reminds me of that. That's great. Because it's just like, you know, you can really try to sugarcoat slavery, but it wasn't a great institution. <laughs> I'm going to say rats working for a singing princess probably have a good gig. I'm okay. sorry that makes me a hypocrite. I'm not. I'm not gonna pursue the rat thing <laughs> any further. <laughs> I'll give that one up. <laughs> so, uh, oh, by the way, like there's a couple of little that, things I like to mention. Like, okay, oh, go, go. that slave skit mm-hmm. seems like the kind of thing that certain people will watch and say, "Yeah, seems yeah. accurate." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well. That's the problem with like uh, uh, parody is is it's really easy to take seriously. It's like where conservatives would take Colbert at face value, right? Um, because it's easy to do. It's one of my favorite uh, talks uh, about the comparison was that was uh, why springtime for Hitler is so brilliant. Because springtime <laughs> for Hitler is never mistaken for being pro-Nazi. Even though it's a song about like Nazis and it's got this big stage musical number and there's marching and swastikas and all this stuff. No neo-Nazi has ever said, I really like, I really like that song. <laughs> Because it's it's just so clearly making fun of, of and and poking you know destroying like a lot of the ideas, and it's like it's really hard. Like if you do something like with like neo Nazis, they can always like take the part that's cool and take it. Like like Edward Norton did American History X, and it's about the journey of a man from racism to not racism. Right. Racists love the parts where he's racist, and they'll quote <laughs> it and they'll show it, and they're like, "Look how awesome this is!" <laughs> but nobody does springtime for Hitler and goes like, "Yeah, that's a great moment." So it's the same way. You could end up with all kinds of, like, you're right. It's, it's really hard to do. Like, yeah. It's really hard to do. And it's really interesting because anytime you do a parody or something like that, it's really easy to take at face value. Somebody was talking about the, uh, I was reading online some articles and talking about like Rick and Morty. And they said like, it's really easy for like Rick and Morty to take Rick at face value as his, if he's, he's the smartest man in the world. And everybody's stupid for not understanding how he understands the world. Oh, I don't doubt that a big portion of Rick right. Morty fans think they are right. the personification of Rick. Right. And it's like the real answer of the show is the real theme of the show is how destructive Morty is in his relationships. I mean, Rick is in his relationships. Yeah. Um, but it's really easy to just take it as he's smart. There's another one. It's like someone was talking about like Bojack Horseman and said like, yeah, you know, Bojack Horseman is all about how it's difficult to deal with depression and pain. And it's like you could accidentally take it like. Seriously, except you really, it's that that's kind of a more interesting show. Because um, they're like, well, you could tell that like, Bojack Horseman would hate Bojack Horseman <laughs> because he couldn't deal with it. I've been watching the third season, and there's an episode where they do some of his inner monologue, and it's like the thoughts of a clinically depressed yes. person. <laughs> yes. But it's really easy. It's interesting to see that. And so uh, I, I just I think that you're right when. You, you talk about rat slavery, but I mean, when you talk about stuff like that, it's really easy to talk. It's really easy to take things at face value and sure. and ignore them. Yeah. I didn't see. I didn't mean to take I, this to a real place. No, no. <laughs> I like that the movie aside. Again. I'm going to watch the movie again and pretend like slavery was great <laughs> and everything's fine and we can all just be happy. 
What you're gonna do is you're gonna watch it and go like, why do we leave the animated world? I don't like the real world. It's more complicated. <laughs> don't watch Frozen. Frozen talks about some complicated stuff. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was right to avoid it. That's right. <laughs> go watch Sleeping Beauty, then you're okay. You so, fall asleep, a prince kills the, the dragon, and you wake up and you're okay. The end. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> so I, I love some of the follow-up here. Yeah. Um, I, I love that Nathan is has written this book because he's clearly the most accomplished person yes. <laughs> in this group. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, why shouldn't he be a famous author? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they follow it with Pip writing his book yeah. about the experiences <laughs> of what it's like to lose your voice, which is a pretty important thing. The animal equivalent. And, and the ogre in the back who wants yeah. to, who's got the copy to be signed. That's a nice callback. And then you write the, uh, the, the marriage with uh, Nancy and the prince, which is nice. Cool sequence. <laughs> And I like that she's sort of taking on Giselle's role in the sense that, like, she's like ready, like the animals are there to help her, like lift her veil, and then <laughs> and then she gets the cell phone, but then she throws the cell phone away. But like, and the animals are there around, like they're still like crowding around, <laughs> and then she takes him and kisses him, because she's like, yeah, I'm I'm ready. This is what I've been. This is something I really wanted, and I, I love that. And it, again, is that it's really easy to say that thing where. It'd be really easy to say, like, oh, well, her goal was to be sort of the damsel in distress. But her goal is not to do that. Her goal is to have the authentic, sincere romance of the... And so when she takes advantage of that... And again, his reaction isn't, like, shock. He's like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Because he's cool with people being sincere. The prince is up for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty he's much. A, he's a great guy. He'll do it with uh, panache and yes. style. And so you, you talk about so many choices in this movie. I just think that like they're all really smart, and I and I so many things that they could have done that are traditional that they avoided. And I realized that I still would have probably liked the movie, but that's why I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think they made the right choices mm -hmm. because they're they made a classic. They're not the first choices; they're the second or third choice. I, one of the things I think is really uh, even a, 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 a article or a friend of mine was reading an article, and she said. One of the things that the guy said, and he's like a writer or whatever, he said, whenever you think of an idea, take a moment to rethink that idea. Because the first thing you think is something you're remembering, something you've seen of that idea, and you're repeating yeah. it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And afterwards, well, I've seen it so often where I'm just like, yeah, that's okay, but that's something I've... You, you didn't take... You could have just come up with something a little more interesting if just taken a little farther. I like that. Your mm -hmm. first idea is always going to be kind of derivative. It's going to be a memory. Yeah. Right. And I, I do it. I mean, I've even done it with my own stuff where I'm literally like, oh, I'm going to write this. Oh, yeah, I wrote that already. I mean, it's going to happen. So it's interesting. It, just take a moment to reflect. And, and this movie clearly was, I don't know who was in charge, but like somebody took a moment to reflect on it and be like, okay, here's the thing. Oh, can we do this? And these are, unless they were just brilliant from the get-go, but I don't think so. It's, it's, all, it's so many traps to fall into. Yeah, I'm going to see what else like this writer yeah. has done. Yeah. Um. Because I'm really impressed with this yeah. whole production. Right. Uh, so next time, we're going to watch Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Our study is Zen. Oh, I love Kung Fu Panda so much. Classic Kung Fu story. Kung Fu Panda is interesting because it's a history of... I didn't want to see the first Kung Fu Panda. Because I was just like, eh, looks, it looked like you're talking about commercial. It right. looks silly. <laughs> and then I saw it. Because my wife and my mom was like, let's go see it. And I was like, well, I like animated movies, so okay. And then I walked out and I was like, that was really interesting. 
And then the more I thought about it, the even more I was like, this really, which is a great study in Zen about how it's like, it's cool, these ideas, and then you see, you see more <laughs> as you think about it. And then the second time, the second movie comes out, and I was like, oh, that looks dumb. I don't want to see that. <laughs> my wife was like, you, you want to see it? I was like, fine, we'll go see it. And I was like, that was really interesting. <laughs> and the third one came out. And I was like, I don't want to see that looks dumb. And my my Sally was like, you say that every time. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I think it's, I think I'm right this time. And then finally we saw it, and I was like, that was really interesting. And I was just like, why, why am I doing this to myself every time? So something about Kung Fu Panda every time like surprised me, even though it shouldn't have, because I was like, that's a really good idea. That's a really. I think the parts they preview it. Preview of it are the dumb jokes. Well, and and some of the the story choices, like the the idea that like in the in the in the third movie he's adopted and he's meeting his own Israel family, I was really kind of wary about that because I thought they might yeah. destroy relate. But the fact that they didn't destroy his relationship with his previous father, who was such an important character, the goose, and uh, and the second one, I was kind of like, oh, is he going to have to learn more kung fu? Like, is he going to revert? But the fact is that in Kung Fu Panda Two, he's he's really still badass. He just gets to the next level of badass. Yeah. Which is cool. It doesn't, they don't negate the story. Cause I was like, oh, are they going to negate the story? Where he's like, yeah, they, they could, don't do that. They could easily have like retreaded the first one. Right. Somehow. Yeah. But <laughs> for, you know, even though the second one has a reason. similar idea, yeah. it still has that, like the second one where it's like, uh, Master, Master Sifu is like, inner peace and so young. <laughs> he's upset because <laughs> Poe's learned inner peace. <laughs> I like that they continue that in the third one too. Yeah, yeah. which I had not well, seen until very recently. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen. I, when I watched it, I was afterwards. I was just like, "Wow, that, that's a great story arc. That's a great character arc." I can't blame you for for not expecting much from sequels because a lot of times too they often sabotage. Yeah. Like I love How to Train Your Dragon. It's like one of my favorite movies, and How to Train Your Dragon Two is. I just think it's just it sabotages the previous one so much because the first one is. I, I love all the relationships. I love. I love the friggin' dragons. <laughs> I'm always a sucker for like kaiju. And that end where there's that giant dragon comes out and there's this cool fight where they're all fighting the giant dragon and it's a flying and it's so awesome. And it's just like a great movie on so many levels. Love the storyline. And then the second one, I was just like, oh man. I Feels like a throwaway. I don't, oh, it's such a stupid, oh, you ruined it. So it's an okay movie, but it's an, it's like cloudy too. Claudia it's an too. okay movie to a great movie. <laughs> Very similar to Train Your Dragon right. 2. <laughs> right. Because they're both just, they feel cynical, cash grabs, and they're both kind of throwaways. Well, they, 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 they're accidentally, or I think they're accidentally negating the previous movies, and I think you've got to be really careful when you make a sequel that you don't negate the previous movie. Right. It'd be like watching Empire Strikes Back and Luke Skywalker get, getting killed in the first five minutes. That's a very bad sign. <laughs> yeah, why would I do that? What's the point of that? Um, so anyway, so I mean, the end of Anacondas, they find the blood orchid and then lose it. Yes, just in case there's a sequel, probably. Right, because it'd be weird to be like, oh, we're all immortal now. It, yet it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't, but they do it. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, but no, I, so I so yeah, it's Kung Fu Panda. It's one of my favorite movies for that. It's one of my favorite martial arts movies. I love I love Tai Long. He's like like the part where Tai Long. <laughs> we'll get into it. I'm not gonna talk too much. But the part where Tai Long escapes the prison. And, like, literally, there's a whole prison devoted to keeping this guy trapped. <laughs> and as soon as he, like, they know he's escaped, they're doing everything they can to keep him in. You know, the fact that there's, like, an army of rhinos <laughs> and booby traps and collapsing, <laughs> collapsing walls. That was an incredibly long sequence. And they're still, like, they're, like, 
it's not enough, man. Yep. Like, Kai Long is so <laughs> awesome in that. And the bridge fight? Oh, the bridge fight's so good. Oh. <laughs> this is an excellent movie. I'm yeah. happy we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Until next time, then. He's Scott. He's Lee. And we just saved the movie. <laughs> Badaloo. That wasn't even a word. <laughs> now you're just nonsense words. <laughs>